Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. And if you have not downloaded the Bible app yet, can you do me a favor and just, do we have the QR code we're going to put up in a second? Yeah, there it is. Can you scan that QR code? It will take you to where you can download the app where... So many versions of the the Bible are there. There's reading plans. There's devotionals you can do with yourself or with others. And if you click on the events tab or go to more events, Life Church Green Bay, actually all of the notes and all of the scripture are going to be there available to you. But if you want a physical Bible on your way out at our Welcome Center, which is on my left, your right, there's going to be uh, some Bibles there that you can have for free. If you're watching online, if you're watching at maybe your deer stand, love that you're here, hope something works out in your favor, but glad that you're watching. I'm glad you guys are here as we start this new series called Family Meeting. And I love that Pastor Keith made that bumper because growing up and watching TV and watching Full House and TGIF, when I heard family meeting, I was like, yeah. And my family like never did that. They never were like family meeting about anything. So now as a dad, I do family meetings about everything. I'm like, hey, we got to talk about the dishwasher. Family meeting. Like I just love, I love doing it because I think I saw it. But the interesting thing about this series is it didn't come from a TV clip as much as it came from a prayer. See, every Thursday, our creative team will do uh, checks. They'll check the audio, they'll check the video, they'll check lighting, they'll check sound, everything. And so I just started praying while they're doing that. They'd put the songs on, so I'd sing along and I'd pray over chairs. I remember this one time I was praying and I just felt like this prayer came out and said, and God, I pray that you would transform someone's life to where they would go home and have a family meeting about it. Because I believe what God wants to start in some of us, he doesn't want just to leave with us. What he is gonna start in you, he wants to go out in other people also. So with that being said, let's go to Joshua. Actually, you know what? Let's go to Joshua 23, which if you look at your Bible, it's gonna just probably be to the left. And verse one, it says this. A long time afterward, When the Lord had given rest to Israel and from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges, its officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who fought for you. And so Joshua chapter 23, leading into Joshua chapter 24, Joshua talks about everything God has done. Like he's done through Abraham, through Isaac and Jacob and Esau. He talks about Moses and how God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt and all the victories and miracles and achievements that God has done for him. He's reminding him that we serve a great God. And then in verse 14 of chapter 24, Joshua says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. 
Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if, you, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in those lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The title of my message this morning is called, This is the Way. Can we pray? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for families. I thank you for church families. I thank you for physical families. I thank you for friendship families. And I pray, Lord, as we go through this series talking about families and the importance of leading the way in families, Lord, that you would speak to us. You give us encouragement. You give us strength. You, Lord, you would help us do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Do you remember the first time seeing scripture out in public and not knowing it was scripture? Like, do you remember like maybe at a football field where a guy hold up the sign and it says John 3.16 and you're like, who's John and what's that code mean? 3.16, is that like a length on the football field? Or maybe you saw a tattoo that said Philippians 4.16 or 4.13 you're like, is that like... Is that his name so he doesn't forget it? You know, they, you know, fighters do get knocked out. Like, who am I? I'm Philippian. Like, I, you know, I didn't know. Or maybe, did you ever see scripture outside of the Bible and didn't realize it was scripture? Like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It is trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I memorized that because I saw it as a painting in my mom's room. Like that was the painting. Or how about Joshua 24, 15? See, I didn't know that was in the scripture. I saw that everywhere. It's in everyone's house. I guarantee it's in a hundred years' houses, above the fireplace, in a room, somewhere. I actually had a friend named Ryan that when you went to his house, he had a little plaque that was above like the doorknob, I mean the doorbell. To where like, to me, I was like, okay, is that like an FYI? Like, hey, just want you to know, if you're gonna come to this house, we serve the Lord, okay? No funny business. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, what, the, I didn't know. I didn't know it was scripture, but it is scripture. But it's also scripture that is tied in with Joshua telling the people, you need to choose. Like, are you going to choose the way of God or are you gonna choose the way of other gods? And then Joshua tells them that he and his house will serve the Lord. And when he says his house, he's not saying like me and my wife and my kids and my dog, we're all gonna serve the Lord. He's talking about lineage. My lineage will serve the Lord. As for me and my lineage, we will serve the Lord. And I know we hear that and we go, wow, that's pretty bold. Like, how can he possibly say that? And I believe it's because Joshua is leading the way in it. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he's not just saying this. This is something he's actually doing. And you read about Joshua, it's something he actually did. And research has shown that we, when we lead the way, we can make a huge impact. There was a survey taken years ago where it talked about how uh, if a child is the first person in the household to become a Christian, there's a 3.5% chance that everyone else in the house will follow. If the mother is first to become a Christian, there's a 17% probability that everyone in the house will follow. However, when the father is first, there is a 93% probability that everyone else in the house will follow. Which that, two things pop up in there. One, dads, we gotta lead the way. Like the odds are for us. I mean, 93%? 
We just gotta lead the way. It's easy for us. But the other thing that pops in my head, because I know that there are still, you know, moms in here who are single. And you look at it as a defeat or, or we have wives whose husbands are unsaved, but there's still hope. 17% is still hope. And I know that there's kids in here. They were probably brought by another family or friends and they go home to an environment that's far from God, but we need to lead the way still because there's still hope. There is still hope if we lead the way, which I know some of you might be asking, well, how can I lead the way? In fact, how can I lead the way that will affect not just my home, but generations? How, how can I lead the way that will affect my lineage? Well, I'm glad you asked because Joshua says it. He actually says it in verse 14. He gives the example of what he does as he and his house will lead the uh, lead. He and his house will lead in the Lord. And so if you're taking notes, there's three ways to lead in serving the Lord. So if you're taking notes, here's number one. Three ways to lead the way serving the Lord. Number one is this, fear the Lord. Now I know for some new believers, you're going to read this and go, ooh, I don't really like that. you like, so I need to start being afraid of the Lord. Like, is that, is that what you're talking about? But the reality is it's, it's all over the Bible. Like over a hundred times, the phrase fear the Lord or fear God has been in the Bible. And you'll get scriptures like Proverbs 19, 23, where it says, fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Well, that's a good verse. And then in Acts, it says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and multiplied. So the church multiplied because of the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the fear of the Lord. And then Jesus says this in the book of Luke chapter 12. He says, but I tell you who to fear, fear God, who has the power to kill you and throw you into hell. Yes, he is the one to fear. And you read that and you go, really? Like I have to lead the way that way? Like that sounds crazy. Like I'm supposed to go home and go, he's really big guys, run for your lives, close your eyes. Like, I mean, what, you know, it, it, it sounds crazy, but we have to remember that English isn't the first language for the Bible. Now, the Bible is written in Greek, Hebrew, and some in Aramaic. And so when studying the original word fear in all three of these scriptures, they have different names, but they have the same meaning. To fear the Lord is to walk in reverence and in awe. This is a posture of deep respect and wonder. So when we fear the Lord, it's because he's big. He is the creator of the universe. He can do all things. And if we want our house and the next house and the house after that to serve the Lord, we need to lead the way fearing him. Meaning we need to lead the way wanting all that he is and all that he has for us. We have to lead the way believing he can do all things in all situations because he's a big and mighty God. He's the creator of all things. And this is more than just finding religion. This is more than just finding church or becoming a member at Life Church. Fearing the Lord is a posture of full surrender. It's making God the center of our lives. So we read the word. Yeah, that's good. So we're reading the word because he is the word. And because I fear him, I'm going to get into the word. We worship him because he is great and greatly to be praised. 
We, we pray to him in every season, in every situation, because we want to talk to God and we want to posture ourselves to hear from God in our stillness. Fearing isn't, I'm afraid of God, so I'm going to run away from him. No, no, no. Fearing the Lord is, I'm afraid to be without him, so I'll run to him. And as, as, as we have to lead the way in that. We have to lead the way believing he is the center of all things. He is the source of life. He is my salvation. He is my truth. He is my everything. I owe him everything and more. He is going to be in every situation I have. And our house needs to see us lead that way. That God is the answer for everything. You know how someone has the answer for like the same thing over and over again? So what should we do? Go to Chili's? No, for breakfast? Yeah. Well, what about lunch? Chili's. What about, that's my son. What about dinner? Chili's. Like he says chilies all the time. And, and, but the reality is that should be the answer for everything. What should we do in this situation? Go to God. What should we do? Just go to God. Because I believe he can and will do everything. You can do everything, Jesus. Here's the second way we lead the way serving him. If we serve him in sincerity, says it in verse 14, right after fear of the Lord, to serve him in sincerity. Meaning we need to serve him honestly and openly. And here's what I love. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 23. He talks about this uh, when he's talking about the Pharisees and the religious people. He's kind of reminding them that these people who know the Bible, who know religion, who know all these things, he, he speaks to them in such a loving way. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. But he's not done. He's going to say a couple more kind things. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious laws and Pharisees, hypocrites, in case they didn't get it the first time. For you're like a whitewashed tomb, Beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, Jesus is saying, stop focusing on the outward achievements and start surrendering to inward transformation. The inward has to be first. Because here's the reality. I've seen it too many times. Or the head of the household, they go to a church, they give their life to Jesus, they raise their hand, they say the prayer, they, all that. They, they just feel something different, but they're so new to it. So they, they go home and they go to their family and say, hey guys, I just gave my life to Jesus. Family meeting, here's the thing, I gave my life to Jesus, so we gotta stop doing stuff, okay? Which I guess, there's some things we gotta stop doing, but sometimes you're gonna go to your family and go, all right, we can't eat that, we can't say that, we can't wear that, we can't go there, take that down, move that away. I mean, it's gonna weird your family out. Like they're not gonna be ready for us. Imagine if you went home and you said, hey, I met this guy, Kevin. He's really cool, but we can't listen to Taylor Swift anymore. Some of you guys would hate Kevin. <laughs> You'd be like, I, stop meeting with Kevin because I, I know I got some Swifties in here. So anyways, but like, like that would weird you out. It can't be in such an, just an outward transformation. It has to be an inward transformation. It's got to be like this time. I, I, I was meeting with a, a guy who works for Cup of Joy and he just told me that his his parents became Christians when he was in fourth grade. And I was like, I want to know that story. 
And so I asked him, I said, what was it like when your parents came home and, and like told they were Christians? Because I assumed, I assumed that they were going to come home and like say like, no more Power Rangers. And they're like, what? Like, I don't know, maybe not Power Rangers. But like, I thought they're going to say, we're not doing this, stop doing that, stop, and just become these Christian hall monitors. But he, I asked him, he goes, no, it was the best. My parents loved each other more than they ever did. I think he told me like, he goes, I remember one time they were dancing together. He goes, I just felt love. And my home was a great place to be. I love being there. It's, he said it's one of the reasons that I'm a Christian because he saw what was on the inside come out. And that's what God wants us to lead the way. He wants us to lead the way in that. And so leading in sincerity also means leading with vulnerability, meaning you're open and honest. You're not afraid to talk about your past. You're not afraid to say, yeah, that happened. But thank God that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. No, I'm not afraid to talk about that. Yeah. I'm not afraid to talk about what I did because God ha can and will do all things and he transformed my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about that. Here's the thing, being vulnerable also means admitting that you don't know it all. I mean, Jesus says that, Matthew, he talks to the people who knew it all and said, guess what? You're doing it wrong. So it's okay for your house to hear you and go, so what do we think? I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm gonna keep trusting God. It's okay for them to hear that. Here's the thing also, we need to be people who are not afraid to apologize. If I got kids in this room who you're the only person who's a Jesus person, I guarantee you start apologizing to your parents, they're gonna to wanna to know what church you're going to. Hey, you know what? I was a real jerk with what I just said and I'm sorry. What? You've never apologized for anything ever. This is amazing. Wives, <laughs> if you tell that unsaved husband you're right once, he might be like, that's weird. What, what's going on? Are we, what's happening? You know, it's gonna weird him out. But it's inward, parents, Sometimes we need to get down at our kids' level and look at them and say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I, I really, you know, I messed up. I lost my temper. I'm not perfect. God's perfect. And that's why I go to him. And he helps me to be less like this. So I'm sorry. They need that. They need to see how forgiveness works so they'll accept it also. We gotta lead the way in vulnerability. We have to lead the way in a new life. Well, my dad always did it like this. Yeah, your dad's not Jesus. He needs the heart, not the actions. The best way to lead in sincerity is to not put Jesus on, but to let Jesus in. And when you lead that way, you will produce good fruit. Here's number three. To lead the way serving the Lord, we need to serve him in faithfulness. I love the word faithfulness in the original Hebrew. It's the word amet, which means reliable, trustworthy, and lasting. So to serve in faithfulness means we need to lead without a plan B. Like all our chips are in the Jesus basket. 
And Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter four, one of my favorite verses, a verse that honestly kept me going. In verse 10, he says this, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. Again, why are they concerned? Well, Paul's in and out of jail. He's getting persecuted. I mean, it's just, it's not you know, sunshine, rainbows. You know, there's some hard times. And I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So in every situation, Good, bad, big, small, doable, hard to handle. We need to lead the way going to Christ because he is our strength. So when your family or someone in your house says, what should we do? We say, you know, we should go to God. We should pray. We should talk. We should give to him because he is our strength. When your house says, I don't know why God is letting this happen. We can go, I don't know either, but we got to trust him. Because he makes a way for all people and he will give us strength through this valley. We have to lead the way saying, I, I just, I don't know, but I'm always going to go. I don't understand, but I'm always going to him because he is bigger and greater than anything this world throws at me. So I'm going to walk in him faithfully. But you know what has helped me to really honestly serve him faithfully is to hear stories of people serving him faithfully in their lives. Like people who God has healed, prayers have been answered, marriages being restored, people uh, having the strength to overcome has just been so encouraging because we serve the same God. If God could do that for you, then I gotta believe he could do that for me. And, and I'm not just talking about YouTube videos. I'm not talking about watching a reel and going, that is encouraging. Like there's people in my life, there's people at this church that God has shown me their faithfulness. Like my friend Jerry, 77, stage four cancer. And, and he called the church and I was like, okay. And I, I gotta be honest, I love you, Jerry. But I gotta be honest, I was like, well, we gotta prepare. But he just said, no, I just need you to pray. I don't need you to prepare, you to pray. So we prayed and we prayed and he stayed faithful. Here's, here's what I loved, even during chemo, he stayed faithful, always worshiping, always here. I'm always checking on him. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. And then a couple weeks ago, he, he texted me. He said, hey, went to the doctors, and the cancer isn't spreading anymore. <laughs> Stage four, 77, cancer isn't spreading. And he gave me a number that didn't make any sense. So I text AJ, who's on staff, and she's also a part-time nurse. I go, what does this mean? She goes, it means the cancer's going away. Like, it's pretty small. But he was faithful. That's what I loved more than, I'm glad God healed him. I'm so glad that God is healing him. But what I love more than anything is he didn't allow his circumstances to stop him from worshiping Jesus. I have another friend, Savon, uh, who went out to dinner with a couple friends and he, they bumped into gang members. Las Vegas, just happens. And said some things that maybe they regret. As they're getting ready to leave, one of the persons pulls out a gun, shoots out their car, hits my friend in the back, and paralyzes him from the waist down. He was a drummer, bass player, played basketball. I mean, just, it was shocking. 
I remember his dad grabbing me and going, why did this happen? And I said, I don't know. And I'm thinking I'm gonna have to like help Savon not lose his faith. But I remember he looked at me and he said, I didn't know it would take being paralyzed to get me closer to God. And I was like, man, and I'm complaining about bills. And you're, you're paralyzed, still paralyzed, still loves Jesus. Or how about my friend Jason, who was raised in the church and his parents loved Jesus, but he didn't love Jesus. He was, he was, a, he was a bad kid. <laughs> he, was, he was a bad church kid. He was the one that when he came to church ministry, the church leaders were like, giddy up, let's go. But that didn't stop his mom from praying for him. And at 15, he, he became an alcoholic, like drank every day, at which I was like, which bar is giving you alcohol at 15? But he found it and he drank and he drank. I mean, every night, I mean, just was just running away from home, all these things, but his mom kept praying. And then one day she made a deal with him. If you go to this camp, I'll, I'll buy you something. It was, it was a good enough deal where he's like, all right, I'll go to this camp. But he goes to the camp. He hears the gospel in a different way, gives his life to Jesus, called a ministry. In fact, he has a church in Franklin, Tennessee called City Point Church that he leads. A guy that was so far from Jesus. But what was the faithfulness? The mom's prayers. Because I know some of you, you have some people who are far from Jesus. Stay faithful. Serve faithfully. Don't quit. Don't give your kids a plan B. Don't give your spouse a plan B. Stay faithful, believing that God can and will do all things. And watch what happens. In fact, I'm believing right now, some one of your kids is gonna come to our Christmas service and give their life to Jesus. I'm calling it right now. I don't know who it is, but I'm feeling it. Some of you, one of you has a kid who will give their life to Jesus at Christmas. Don't quit. I want to close with this. I want to close with this story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. And um, I only want to read a couple of verses, but I got to sum up the story so it makes sense. Uh, it's the story of Paul and Silas are going to the temple and they just get followed by this woman who's demon possessed. She's a fortune teller and she's just bothering Paul and Silas. Probably Paul, I don't know about Silas. We do know Paul because there's a verse that Paul says he's exasperated, looks at her and says, in the name of Jesus, get out. And the demon leaves. But with the demonic possession also came the ability to tell fortunes and the city people were not happy about this. The scripture actually says that this, they take them to the city officials and demand that they get stripped beaten and thrown in jail for doing this. And the city officials agree and they strip them, beat them and throw them in jail. And you'd think this would be discouraging. You'd think that they would be troubled. But the scripture says that at the middle of the night, at the darkest point of, of the night, they're found singing and praising God and everyone's watching. And then in this, an earthquake happens, all the doors open, chains fall off. And the jailer wakes up from this freaks out, assuming people would leave because normal people would, and just decides to try to kill himself. But Paul yells, no, we're all here. Which is interesting that how God can show you what you were looking for that got you in jail. 
That when you're in jail, you go, I don't want to go out of jail because this is what I needed. If I had this, I wouldn't do all the things I did to get me in jail. They saw something that happened. And what I love is the jailer looks at him and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And here's where I want to land. Verse 31 of Acts 16 says, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Whoa, 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 what? Hold on. Is there a package deal in the Bible? Like what? Because I got a kid that if you just get me saved, cool. It just, we'll just, we'll bundle it. And you're like, I, I don't understand it. But then you look at verse 32 and it says, and then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all in his house. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. But wait a minute. But I've done that. And some of you have done that. I've had meetings where you're like, talk to him, talk to her, try to work it out. It didn't work out. Same in my house. Can you talk to my brother about Jesus so he'll give his life to Jesus? And it's like, nah, just didn't work. But then we see something happen in verse 33. And then he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and his family. And I wonder if it's this verse where the, he led the way showing how real God is. I wonder if washing their wounds was a big deal to his house. Whoa, dad hates feet. Dad hates wounds. What's, what's happening right now? Whoa, look at dad, he's smiling. He's happy. Look at Jim. He's, he's like crying. And it's not because the Packers won the Super Bowl. Like he's, he's crying. I wonder if they saw inward change that made them go, whatever my dad has, I want. Whatever my husband has, I want. Whatever my wife has, I want. Whatever is in them, I want it because I've never seen them like that. It's like the old saying, it's not taught, it's caught. And our household and our household's households, they need to see us leading the way that way. That when we give our lives to Jesus, they get to see transformation happen. They get to see obedience. They get to see us get into our word. And you're like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm figuring out who this Jesus, I have a relationship with the guy. I want to get to know him. And then the next day they see you doing it. I mean, you look confused. You're like, yeah, I, I think I should get a, a you know, different version. King James is a little confusing, these and thous, but I'm getting through it. They see honest prayers. They see real prayers. And they just see you leading the way in such a faithful way. that They go, I just want what they have. And that is the way Joshua did it. That's the way I'm gonna do it. And I pray that's the way you do it. Can we pray? So this, salvation is something we always talk about every week. And salvation is what I was talking about. It's the start of a transformed life. It's, it's welcoming the, the savior of the universe in your life who became the door, who became the way so that we can walk in freedom. He gave us the ability to connect with the God of the universe so that we can fear him in a healthy way. But he also wants to change us from the inside out. And all we have to do is believe. Believe that he came and he rose. And welcome be our Lord and Savior. Lord meaning giving him control and Savior meaning that I'm not gonna hold on to my sins. I'm surrendering to you so I can walk in the freedom you have for me. So if that's you, and in a moment, we're gonna do one of two things. I'm just gonna have you raise your hand and look at me and then we'll just say a prayer together. 
A prayer that it can't just be words, it has to be from the heart. You have to believe it. You have to have faith in it. You have to trust it, that that's all it takes is for him to come in and transform your life. So if that's you, you've never done that, and I don't care how long you've been coming to church, but you're like, I've never welcomed Jesus, and I've believed in Jesus, I, I, I think I've tried to talk to Jesus, but I've never welcomed Jesus. If that's you, can I just raise your hand real quick and look at me? Raise it up and put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you in the front. Thank you, thank you. Thank you right there, yep, thank you. I see some percentages happening right now. Thank you, thank you. Church, can we say this together? Just to support, but if you're saying this for the first time, really just say it from the heart. Say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. In a moment, Megan's gonna come up and talk about a couple things that just kind of help you on your Jesus journey. But can I, have, can I pray for you one more time? Maybe you're in here and you're saying, you know what? I am a Jesus person, but I have been leading my house the wrong way. I have, I have been trying to tell him to stop and I've become this Christian hall monitor, but I need to lead the way the right way. I need to fear God, make him the center of my life. I need to serve him with sincerity and faithfulness. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hand real quick so I can pray with you? So Lord, I just pray for these hands. Lord, we are, gonna, we are going to lead the way that will transform generations in the name of Jesus. We are gonna lead the way, Lord, where some generational curses are going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're gonna lead the way to where the fallen will come back, where the prodigal will make their turnaround in the name of Jesus. We are going to lead the way, Lord, where this city is not gonna be known for drunkenness, but for the move of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are gonna lead the way Lord, that will transform and change lives. And we do all this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew On That. The Chew On That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.